I want to get into the Word today. I'm getting back into the Kingdom series, and I've titled this message, A Penny for Your Thoughts. If you have uh, your composition notebooks, today would be a good day to grab that, because uh, I'm going to throw a lot at you. I've got some, I believe, some great illustrations and um, uh, just a, a message on kingdom thinking, thinking like the king. So if you've got your composition notebooks, if you'll grab those out. Uh, the title of the message today, A Penny for Your Thoughts. A Penny for Your Thoughts. Just, just type that in the comment area there, right? A Penny for Your Thoughts. That's exactly right. We know the expression. We've, we've heard it many times probably through the years. I'm going to go to Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. And, uh, and Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, you'll see it on the screen. It reads, therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above. Already he's beginning to tell us to look above. Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind, set your mind, position your mind on things above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. So we set our minds on things above, and in Christ, these things get thrown to the side, which is a good thing. Verse 6, For it is because these things, the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience, and in them you also once walked when you were living in them. But now you also put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with evil practices and have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. Let's pray. Thank you so much, Lord Jesus, for the beautiful time in worship and communion and the wonderful things we have coming during this Christmas season and the vision for Christmas with family and the events that we've pulled together to do things with family. And now, God, for the next few moments, arrest our attention. God, anoint me to speak forth your word, not in word and tongue only, but also in power and in deed. Lord, I'm asking you, God, let this word fall in the good soil of our hearts and grow and bear forth fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name, and if you're at home, shout out amen. Hold your Bibles in whatever form you have, and let's declare, Father, today, this week, by your grace, I'm going to be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Deceiving my own self. Now, Lord, anoint my ears. Anoint my heart. Anoint my spirit, my soul, my mind, and my body to receive the truth of your word. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Air high five somebody there and you're and you I meant that. Air high five somebody right now. Go ahead, go ahead. We're probably all very familiar with Alzheimer's disease by this point in the world. Alzheimer's uh, causes the mind to deteriorate in such a way that the victim loses power and control over what they do, how they can think, how they can reason and function as a person. They become incapacitated. They lose the ability to recognize familiar people and remember 
uh, familiar things. They lose the ability to tell the body what to do or even how to function. Even to the point of handing sometimes them a spoon and they don't even know what to do with it. Although they've eaten one with a spoon their whole life. The person with Alzheimer's is at the mercy of another person. They must be led by someone. They must be clothed by someone. They must be guided to do every little thing when it's full onslaught. The reality is, when the mind goes, virtually everything else goes with it. And a lot of believers today are suffering from what I'm going to call spiritual Alzheimer's. Believers are unable to properly use and apply the mind of Christ to their lives and they don't function the way that God created us to function as Christians, as believers, because our minds are not kingdom thinking. Have you ever heard the expression, use your head for something other than a hat rack? I know I've used that with my kids before. Uh, you know, use your head for something other than hanging something on, right? The expression is used to get your mind in gear. A believer who suffers from spiritual Alzheimer's loses the ability to think in terms of a kingdom agenda and kingdom thinking. They develop a secular mind. They begin to do secular things and develop secular habits. And that is not the way God wants us to think. One of our greatest problem, if you'll see on the screen, is not what we do. Our greatest problem is the way we think. Let me say that again. Our greatest problem is not what we do. Our greatest problem is absolutely the way we think. Proverbs 23 and 7. You heard Holly say this a, a, a few weeks back. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So as a result of that, if that's what the scripture tells us, then we need to get a kingdom mind. Because if we think like the kingdom, we'll start acting like the kingdom and our life will begin to change, right? So Isaiah 55, 8-9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God's way of dealing with issues is not our way of dealing with issues. We still tend to think sometimes in the natural realm. What can I do? How can I fix this? What are some thoughts I can put together to resolve this thing? When God sees an issue, he sees it differently. And that's why so many times it's important to pray and ask and say, God, give me eyes to see like you see. Give me a mind to think like you think. That's why Philippians 2.5 says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about this as we go. That's why we need to develop the mind of the king. And our king is King Jesus, right? So we need to begin to look at life like Jesus does. We need to think like Jesus does. And then we'll see the results that Jesus does because he'll empower us. We need a kingdom mentality, a kingdom way of thinking, so that we can get God's mind on our issues for our lives. So, just as a way of a few examples, uh, when we're talking about marriage, how does God define marriage? I, I didn't say, how does society define marriage? I didn't say, how do people think that marriage should be resolved? I didn't say, how do, uh, what does uh, the, the secular college professor say about marriage? What does God say about marriage? God says about marriage, one man and one woman until death uh, do us part. That's what he says about it. When we're talking about sex, God says you don't just go sleep with anybody you feel like it. It is between husband and wife 
only. When we're talking about money, God says it's a tool that can be used not to live for it, not to, not to, to make an idol out of it, but it's a tool to be used to live and provide for you and your family and also to fund the kingdom of God. When we're talking about children, God says to raise them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Have them in church. Teach them the scriptures. Have devotions with them. Bring them upright in the sight of God. When we're talking about the tongue, the world says it's okay to run everybody else down, to speak negatively against them, to gossip and slander. But God's word says, don't slander, don't gossip, don't run them down. Speak life, speak encouragement, and speak blessing. Somebody shout amen. Matter of fact, just right there in the comments, just type in amen. To be or not to be, tis the question. To kingdom think or not, tis the question. I had to pull a little Shakespeare on you there. Because kingdom thinking will determine, hear me, I want you to lean up and listen to this. Kingdom thinking will determine defeat or victory in your life. I'm going to say that again. Kingdom thinking will determine whether you are victorious or whether you walk in defeat in this life. Romans 8, 5 through 7, you'll see it on the screen. It says, those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires. Their mind is positioned on the fleshly, natural things of this life. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. So what you set your mind on will determine whether you walk in victory or defeat in this life. So I have a question for you. Do you set your mind on nothing but negative things? Do you set your mind on the lies from the devil? Do you set your mind on Hollywood and what the news has to say? <laughs> Be careful with that one. Do you set your mind on the scriptures, which is exactly what God's thinking is? You see, five hours of television a day, one hour of People magazine a day, and two minutes in the Word of God will not, under any circumstances, produce kingdom thinking. It's going to produce a worldly, fleshly way of thinking that it, it is absolved from what the king thinks. So we can only live as Christ wants us to live when we think as he does. So what does a kingdom mind look like and what does a kingdom mind think like? Well, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 11. Check this scripture out. on the. Uh, you'll see it on the screen. But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard, and which has not entered into the heart of man all that God has prepared for those who love them. For to us God revealed them through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. And that leads me to my point number one. Point number one is this. Kingdom thinking is given by revelation. Kingdom thinking is given by revelation. Just say that with me, revelation. So a kingdom mind can grasp things that are outside the normal limitations of the human mind. Why? Because it is illuminated by the Spirit of Almighty God. Now let me explain how this works. God can deal with kingdom thinking people 
in realms beyond what the eyes can see and what the ears can perceive through what's called revelation. That means we are not bound by the things we see in the natural. We're not bound by the things we hear in the natural. The Spirit of God will reveal the mind of God and the thoughts of God in every situation that we will face. That means every doctor's report, negative. That means every bill collector that says you owe me and pay me now. That means everything you will ever deal with. The kids have gone crazy. The grandkids have off the rocker. Whatever it is, your boss has gone nuts and you're ready to punch him right in the mouth. Don't act like you ain't been there. God will give you his mind on everything if you'll spend time in his presence. So 1 Corinthians 2.10, watch what it says again. For to us, God revealed them... Through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. You know, God said in the, first, in the verse right before it, He said, there's things that hasn't entered into our minds that we can't think about. But then He said, but when you get in the Spirit, God will reveal them to you. I love that. That means there's some hidden things in my natural eyes can't see. But when I get in the Spirit, I can suddenly see it. It's kind of like people that are nearsighted. Nearsighted people can see things up close very good. But at a distance, it gets blurry. And without visual assistance, they will not be able to see clearly at a distance. Without divine visual assistance called revelation from God, the kingdom and this life can get very blurry for us. It won't come into clear focus. And without the mind of Christ, if we're not careful, we will live only by what we see up close and not what has God has in the end result. There are sometimes you got to look off in the distance and say, wait, God's got a plan here. God's got a, a, a plan for what's going on in my life. This is not just right here today. Man, I see in the distance he's got better things in store. He's got better uh, uh, relationships in store. He's got better things coming my way if I can just... Just get the revelation from the Holy Spirit to get the mind of God. I want to tell you, we all live this way because we all want to go to heaven. It, listen, if, if all we got is what this world has to offer, I'm ticked. If this is it, I'm ticked off. Because 2020 has been a sucky year. And even if it hadn't been a sucky year... I want to tell you something. It's still, I'm ticked off. There's got to be something better for us. Glory to God. One day we're going to walk on things that we hold dear like gold. It's going to be pavement up there. We're going to look Jesus eyeball to eyeball. There's a glory land called Beulah land called heaven awaiting for us. There's great things in store. we got to keep that in perspective. But that kingdom we're going to in heaven, or that city we're going to in heaven, guess what? That kingdom is here now operating through me. I don't have to wait to have healing in heaven. I can have healing now. I don't have to wait to see my children saved there. I can see them saved now. I don't have to wait on something. God can do that now. Somebody shout glory. Just type in the comments, glory. Kingdom thinking operates the opposite of way a natural mind thinks. So check out 1 Corinthians 2.14. Watch what it says. It's on the screen. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit. You know, it's so easy. Just leave the scripture up. It's so easy to look and say, why can't they just get it? The, the reason is because they're not spiritual. They're not thinking spiritually. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it, for only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. 
Kingdom thinking is looking at reality and life from a different viewpoint. Watch this. Having a kingdom mind is like viewing life through the glasses of the Holy Spirit. It's like when you can't see, like for me, now I got the opposite problem of nearsightedness. I'm 46, and, and the paper's having to go longer than my arms are now, so I have to get reading glasses out. I can't see. I'm trying to blow everything up because I need to be able to get glasses so I can see the words on the page. On my computer, I just magnify it so I can see great now. But on, with paper, I'm having to get glasses out. I need visual assistance. Listen, there are some things in life you get confused about. You wonder, what am I supposed to do? You need to get in the presence of Almighty God and put on the Holy Ghost glasses and begin to see things like He sees them. Glory to God. When you have a kingdom mind and you are faced with a decision, you ask questions like this. What does Christ think about this? How would Jesus react to this? What does Christ want me to do here and now? You see, kingdom thinking links you up to God's internet, so to speak. And so you can download His thinking on every decision. That's why fasting and praying is so important to hear what is God saying about this. This is totally different than the way an unsaved person thinks. When faced with a decision about a job, the world thinks about power. They think about money, prestige, and the benefits. And I'm not saying those things are wrong to think about. I mean, everybody who works wants to have some kind of benefits and maybe retirement if possible and a good salary and those kind of things. But, but for the Christian, for the believer, that's in a different level than it is for the world. For the world, that's the only answer. But for the believer, a kingdom thinker will begin to ask God for his mind on this situation. Well, God, the pay's good, and, and, and you know, it's a promotion, and, and boy, the benefits are great, and all this. But I have a question. God, is this what you want? God, is this your will for my life right now? God, is this where I'm supposed to be at in life right now? God, is this the person I'm supposed to be with? Right now. God, is this, is this the direction I'm supposed to go right now? A kingdom thinker begins to get the Holy Spirit's mind on things. When faced with a terrible health prognosis, the world thinks about death and getting their casket and getting their gravesite because it's over. But a kingdom thinker says, wait a minute. First Peter 2.24 says, by his stripes I was healed. Wait a minute, Acts 3, 16, at the, at, at the great name of Jesus, this man was healed and made whole. Wait a minute, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Everything will bow at the name of Jesus. Wait a minute, my Bible tells me that I get at least 70 years. So if you're sitting at home with a very nasty health prognosis and you're not 70 yet, your mind needs to say, wait a minute, devil. God said in his word, I get 70 years and I'm not giving them up for nothing. In the name of Jesus, I know what the doctors say. I know what the world says but your book says I am healed. Woo! Glory to God. 
When filled with worry and fear and anxiety, the world turns to substances. The world turns to all kinds of things. Man, I just need a few drinks so I can sleep at night. I I need some Xanax so I can sleep at night. I need this and I need that. And the world turns to outside influences. But I want to tell you, for the spirit-filled believer, you know what the Bible says? He said he'll give you peace that passes all understanding. He said you'll sleep like a baby. I want to promise you this. Psalm 127. And two says he gives to his beloved sleep. Psalm 4 8 says, In peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Proverbs 3 24 says, When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Glory to God. I want to tell you, you don't have to turn to substances to get peace. You don't have to turn to substances to sleep at night. You don't have to turn to substances to have some joy in life. What you need is a good dose of the Holy Ghost. Woo! Glory to God. I got rid of uh, satellite TV not too long ago. I got the prices rising, and I just, you know, I don't watch it, so I just got mad. I got rid of it. So I went out and got me an antenna. A nice, uh, tried an outdoor one. I couldn't get it to work. There's wires all over my house. So I got a nice indoor one, and I put it up next to the TV by the wall. Couldn't get any channels. So then I read a little bit on the Internet. It said, put it over by the window. So I did. I put it over by the glass windows that go to our deck, back deck, and uh, actually back porch. And, and uh, man, I had like 38 channels. I thought, this is great, but there was an ugly antenna on the wall in the living room with wires running everywhere. (laughs) And if you know my beautiful bride, that wasn't about to stay there another second. So I had to figure out, where can I have this thing where it won't have a signal blocked so that it can receive the channel? So I traced the line downstairs and went through the drop ceiling in my basement and finally I found where the wires connected by a window in the basement which would make her very happy and so I put that up and I got the basic channels and some other channels I would never probably watch anyways or they're just not, not anything I'm interested in but my point is I had to get the right antenna in the right place to receive the channels I was looking to get It had to be free from trees and interference and all that. And it works the same way, listen, with our spiritual antennas. You've got to get the right antenna, a kingdom mind, in the right place, in a position, set looking at things above to hear and receive the channels of information from King Jesus so that you know what the king thinks. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Prior to getting that satellite, we had some interference and we're losing signal, uh, the antenna. Prior to getting the antenna, I had, when I still had satellite, we're having, every now and then, there, something was going on causing me to lose signal. I called Dish, they came out, oh, you, your tree's growing out. So I had to trim the tree. Why? Because it was getting in the way. I had a technical problem of interference from the signal. Do you know spiritually there are times that obstacles get in our way of clearly hearing what the king thinks on the issues of life that we're dealing with. 
And so what do you do? Just as I trimmed the tree to make sure I had a clear signal, just as I put my new antenna in the window, clear of trees to make sure I had a clear signal to receive what was already out there, guess what? We got to clean the junk out of our lives. You clean the junk out by maybe cutting off the TV for a little while and getting in the Word of God. You clear the junk off by pushing the plate back and doing some praying and some fasting and some worshiping. It's called getting your mind back towards things above and setting yourself in a position to hear what the king says on the matter because I have found out that what God says many times is absolutely the opposite of what the world says. So then we've got a choice. Which one are we going with? Because 1 Corinthians 2.16, if you'll see on the screen, says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? But we have, everybody say we have, Matter of fact, in the comments, just type in, I have the mind of Christ. Wow. When you get saved, you get new software with a new program of light that's caught, that brings life to every situation in your life, and it's called kingdom thinking. When you become a Christian, when you give your life to Jesus and become a believer, you're an, a, 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 an ambassador for Christ. You're a, a king's kid. You're a prince or a princess. When you give your life to Jesus, you get new software, and that new software is capable of hearing what the king says in every manner. But the problem is, believers are so used to running with old malware called dark thinking and the kingdom of darkness that they have trouble receiving the, from the new software the downloads that Jesus is trying to give in every situation. Look, folks, this is every issue you will face in life that God has an answer. The answer is to make sure your spirit is plugged into God's spirit. Watch what 1 Corinthians 2, 11 through 12 says. It's on the screen. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit is from God that we may know the things freely given to us by God. So since no one knows God... God, uh, his thoughts like God's spirit, and no one knows your thoughts like your spirit, then the answer is to link your spirit with God's spirit so that you will have the mind of Christ. You feel pain or sickness, and the devil tells you, well, you might as well tell goodbye to all your family because you're going to die. But then you get in your presence of God, in your prayer closet. All of a sudden, your spirit links to God's spirit. And all of a sudden, he speaks and says, Psalm 118, 17, you shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. All of a sudden, you get in the presence of God, and your spirit lines up and links to God's spirit. And he says, wait a minute. I know what the doctors say, but Psalm 103, 3 says, he He's healed all your diseases. Psalm 107.20 says, He has sent His word and healed you and delivered you from all destructions. See, that begin, now you begin to think like He does. Now you have a kingdom mentality. Your kid has gone crazier than ever. And the devil tells you he's going to die. Or they're going to die. Or she's going to burn in hell. Now you start visioning them. Burning in the hell flames. And, but then you get in the presence of God. And you link your spirit with God's spirit. And all of 
of a sudden he reminds you of Acts 16, 30 and 31 that you and your household will be saved. All of a sudden he reminds you of 2 Peter 3 and 9 that he's long-suffering to us. Patient, not willing that any perish, but all come to repentance. He reminds us of 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 that says God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation. Woo! Glory to God, my computer's about gone. Woo! Point number two is this. Kingdom thinking is a battle. It's a battle. Say it, a battle. Maybe type in the comments. It's a battle. If you're a believer, Satan has already lost the war. It's over. But he can mess you up, listen, with a lot of battles against you by building fortresses. Look what 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5 says. I want to point your attention to a few Special words here. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. Notice what it says there, fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing. I want to draw your attention to lofty thing. If you're taking notes, write the word fortresses and write the word lofty thing. Because I want to point that out. Every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, for we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So, a fortress blocks spiritual thoughts and messages from getting through. What does a fortress do? A fortress keeps things out, keeps people in, keeps things out. A fortress in your mind, the devil will build a fortress sometimes to try to keep kingdom thoughts and kingdom things out of your mind. It becomes a lofty thing. A lofty thing is the thing that the enemy raises up that blocks the will of God and his thoughts from penetrating your thinking. So, what are some of those lofty things? Here we go. Lofty thing. You will never get over this hurt or pain you're going through. Lofty thing. You will never be able to forgive so-and-so for what they said or they did to you. Lofty thing. You will never recover from this illness. Lofty thing. You are a loser and you will never amount to anything. A fortress or a lofty thing. No one loves you. Lofty thing. Your life doesn't have any value and means nothing. Lofty thing. Your situation is hopeless, so give up. Give up praying. Give up fasting. Give up believing because it's never going to change. I want to tell you those are devilish Hellish thoughts that are not kingdom thoughts. They are not aligned with the king and how he sees things. And I want to tell you that Satan attacks it with three our minds with three strategies. It's, and it's very simple. Uh, you'll see on the overhead the first statement. Satan builds his fortresses in our minds by keeping us enslaved to the past. How, how many of you are still dealing with something that happened yesterday? Or last week? Or last month? Or even years ago. He, the devil wants to build fortresses and lofty things so high in your mind you can't get past your past to hear what God says about your future. You may have been messed over by a parent or a family member or a neighbor or, or, or someone in your life. And that abuse is right now ruining your life today. Even though that person may be dead and gone. I had somebody tell me one time that when their loved one died, they visualized themselves walking up to the casket and punching them in the mouth while they were dead. That's a lofty thing. That's a fortress. 
Satan will use past hurts and pains to build a fortress in your mind and cause you not to hear from God. Another thing that Satan will do, Satan will build fortresses in our minds by leading us into sin today. And if you willfully sin enough today, you'll give him enough material to build a fortress in your mind and no longer be able to hear clearly what Jesus has to say. And lastly, Satan builds his fortresses in our minds, watch this, by getting us to fantasize about sinning in the future. I need somebody to hear me clearly. Fantasizing. These are hidden sins nobody else knows about but you. Why? Because they're only played out in the mind. But Matthew 5 tells us very clearly that if you're having sexual fantasies about someone other than your spouse, it's considered adultery the same as if you'd done it. Jesus is serious about this stuff. Fantasies are hollow thoughts that will leave you empty. There's nothing to them. There's no substance to them. And they are never as good in reality as they are in your fantasy. We, we got to get control of fantasies, of thinking about things that we might want to do that gratify the flesh and our sin because they will lead to action. The point is this. Look on the statement on the overhead or on the screen. The point is that God not only wants to fix what you do, He wants to fix what you think about doing. He wants to deal with your fantasies, folks. And I'm telling you, I don't know who it is that's hearing me, but there's some man watching. You need to get control and repent and get those fantasies out of your mind. Get those lustful fantasies and throw them to hell where they belong. Don't let them root up anymore because they will grow into fornication and adultery. God wants us to take every thought captive, and that leads me to point number three, my last point. And that is this, kingdom thinking requires a renewed mind, a renewed mind. Set your things on, your mind on things above. Why? Because where you set your mind on is so important because why? What you set your mind on will dominate your thinking. If you set your mind on negative things, it's going to dominate your thinking. If you set your mind on the things of God and kingdom thinking, that's going to dominate. So if Christ and His kingdom are not dominating your thinking, then His power will not be available to you. So setting your mind on Christ and the kingdom of God requires dedicated, sustained effort and discipline. All right, you ready? Suppose you're going to a cafeteria-style restaurant. And you see a big, fat, juicy steak. And man, I'm going to put it on the plate. And right next to it, you see the mashed potatoes, so you get mounds of mashed potatoes. And then you get an extra large helping of macaroni and cheese with extra cheese. And then you throw on two, not one, but two big pieces of bread with real butter, of course. And then as you're sliding your tray down, as it's mount up, you see the dessert area. And but the, the, you got to get the biggest piece of chocolate pie that you can find. But then the banana pudding looks good too. So you, you might mean, hey, who's counting at this point? Let's just throw some banana pudding on there. And so you've got all this high-calorie, high-fat dinner on your tray. And you walk by to get a drink and you get a Diet Coke. Now listen, a Diet Coke might ease your conscience with that high-calorie, high-fat meal you're about to take. But that's about all it's going to do. 
What's the point in this, Pastor? Some believers, listen, I need you to listen closely. Some believers use church the same way. They want diet on worship on Sunday after getting fat on the world all week long. They want to suck down the world and all it has to offer all week long and then come into the house of God and demand the service be no more than an hour because I need a diet case of Sunday worship so I can cancel out all the junk I put in my spirit all week long. They've been thinking junk, hanging out with junk, talking with junk, Walking with junk and looking at junk all week long. They want to get a diet sermon, a diet worship, and a diet helping of God on Sunday. Hoping it cancels out all the junk. I want you to look at this statement on the screen. Folks, diet church on Sunday won't solve your problem. You put junk in all week long, you cannot think a one-hour service on Sunday is going to somehow cancel out all the junk you've been inputting all week long. Folks, if you don't get in the presence of God in prayer closet in the Word and indoctrinate yourself in His presence in what He thinks, you need not think you're going to be a kingdom thinker all week long. Diet church on Sunday is not going to solve your problem. If you want to develop a kingdom mind, you've got to set your mind on things above every single day. Look, I'm as human as anybody. I go through moments where I have... Bad thoughts of, you know, well, this is never going to change. and Well, this situation's hopeless. But you know what I do? I go in the prayer closet. I start praying. I start repenting of that. I start getting scriptures that deal with that. And all of a sudden, my hopes begin to rise again. My faith begins to rise again. Folks, we can't wait till an hour service on Sunday to fix our, our worldly thinking from all week long. It's got to be something we do every day. It's a lifestyle. That's why this year's mantra is so important. Disciple one more. It's all about getting a kingdom mind every single day and developing a habit to get in the kingdom of God and His way of thinking every day. So in Colossians 5-9, through you see the results of setting our mind on Christ. I'm closing with this. We're able to put off old practices like greed and anger and these things. Why? Because we've laid aside the old self and all its evil nature and practices and have put on the new self. So I'll leave you with this closing illustration. When you work outside all summer, let's say you're outside in the summer and it's a hot day, dog days of summer, and you've been cutting grass for hours or you've been painting the house, or you've been, you know, pressure washing the, the concrete, or you, you've just been outside, and you're sweaty, and you're grimy, and you're dirty, and you're nasty, and you come in, and you take a shower, do you put your old, dirty, sweaty clothes back on? I mean, unless you're a seven-year-old boy, no. <laughs> unless you're a seven-year-old boy with a four-day underwear plan, you know, at the end of the day, he comes out of the shower, he turns the underwear around the other way, puts them back on. The next day, he flips them inside out, puts them back on. The next day, he flips them around the other way, puts them back on. It's called the four-day underwear plan. Boys, men, don't act like you didn't do it when you were seven. But if you're not that eight-year-old boy, why would you not put back on those old, sweaty, dirty clothes? I mean, they were good enough to sweat in, weren't they? What's the problem with them now? The problem is this. You have now cleaned up. Listen to me. Once you are clean, you now want to dress in a way that reflects your new condition. 
And it's the same way in your mind. Once you've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, there is no reason to go back and put on your old thinking patterns anymore. Why? Because you now have the mind of Christ as a believer. You just need to develop kingdom thinking now. Folks, don't try to get diet worship, drive through diet worship on Sunday and think that's going to fix the problem. This message is hopefully to encourage you to get your mind setting them on things above according to Colossians so that you can get kingdom thinking every single day. Wow. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes right where you're at. I'd like for you to ask yourself, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to me through this message? What's he speaking to me right now? What's the right now rhema word that's in my spirit now? I'd like to lead you in a prayer of repentance. And so I just want you just to pray, maybe agree with me. You can, you can repent as well of old dark thinking, the old thinking patterns. You don't, here's the good news. You don't have to think like that anymore. Father God, we, we, we come before you. I repent, Father God, of old thinking patterns. I repent of thinking negatively and darkly. I repent of not always having my mind to think kingdom thoughts. I repent of that. I pray you tear down every fortress, every lofty thing that I've, that I've allowed the enemy to exalt. And I pray you crush it. Because you said in your word you'd bring every mountain low, every valley high, every crooked path straight, every rough place smooth. I repent of it, Father God. And now I ask you to help me position my mind on the things of God every day this week. To get my mind the right antenna in the right place, kingdom thinking, to receive the right bits of information from the king in the kingdom of heaven called kingdom thinking. Father, we receive this by your grace now. Let us be a kingdom thinker all week long. And God, as we roll into Thanksgiving week this week, may we be grateful and thankful for our time with our families, for all that you've done for us. May we be kingdom thinkers this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. One of the things that you can do if you want to think like God thinks is to pay your tithes and give offerings. Now, I know we're not in person, but there will be a number on the screen you can text to give. Uh, they'll get it up there at some point in time. You can text to give. You can uh, give online on our website. And uh, so we'll, we'll have that number up before the service is over for you. But we want you to do that. Is it up now? Okay, perfect, awesome. So that number's up. And, and a kingdom thinker, see, the world looks at giving and says, well, if I give to the church, well, you're not giving to the church, you're giving to Jesus. If I give to God, then that's going to leave me without here. But that's not the case at all. That's not how that works. When you give to God... God blesses you, and you don't, not only do you not have lack, you have more than what you need. So I challenge you to give your tithes, give your offerings, because that's how Christ does things. That's how he thinks. 
also want to encourage you that if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, all you have to do, Romans 10, 9 says, for those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10, 13, excuse me. Romans 10, 9 says that if you confess with your mouth and the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's just that simple. Right where yet, all you have to do is call on the Lord, accept him into your heart, ask him to forgive you of your sins, and bam, you're a new believer. You get new software, new thinking, new, new thinking patterns, new life, new everything. It's all through Jesus. And if that was you, if you've given your life to Jesus or you want to, I'd like for you to type the word believe to the number on the screen and someone's going to reach out to you. So we want to we thank you for being with us today. As of right now, we're going to have in-person service next week. Either way, we'll still be online at 3 o'clock next Sunday. But um, Holly is coming now to finish closing out the service. God bless you, and may you think like Jesus this week. If you are new with us, we want you to text the word CONNECT to the number that you see on the screen. Why do we ask you to do this? We ask you to do this because we want to connect with you. We want to actually be a part of your spiritual journey. We want to be a part of connecting you to a body of believers so that you can be able to to um, find ways to walk in and think in the kingdom. And you can we can get you connected to small groups and get you connected to other believers that you can do life with. So if you're new with us, text the word CONNECT to the number that you see on the screen. And we want to tell you happy, happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your time with the family. God bless, and we'll see you next week.